0: Good morning, Thrive Church. How are we doing this morning? Oh, man, it's good to be back with you. Uh, I've got some time off from preaching. Now I don't know what I'm doing Like, what I do with my hands, right? Well, it's great to have you guys. We kick off a brand new series during Christmas called Miraculous Births. So I know that during the Christmas and Advent season, we focus on the birth of Christ. And on Christmas Eve, we're going to do that, Right. But I wanted to focus on some other miraculous births in the Bible leading up to that. And today, if you want to, turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1 uh, this morning. Well, there was a pastor friend of mine. He was visiting an elderly person in the hospital. And she was known for being crotchety, right? <laughs> he goes and he sits with her and he says, um, you know, ask how everything was going. Ask, May I pray for you? She says, don't you bother, pastor. My prayers go about as far as this ceiling and yours will too. He was like, ooh. And I remember him telling me that story. I was like, well, what'd you do? He's like, uh, oh, I still tried to pray for her. It was really awkward, right? But if we're honest and we hear that story, there's many times we feel like that in our life. If you're honest, there's situations that you pray and you feel like your prayers are going as far as the ceiling. That maybe God isn't working. That maybe God really isn't moving or moving fast enough for what uh, you would like. And what we're going to look at today is a person in the Bible named Hannah, and you've probably heard of her, and her son was named Samuel. Uh, But the backstory of that's very interesting. She was married to a man named Elkanah, and he had two wives. He was not very smart, because one wife is hard enough, because somebody say, amen, right? And he had two wives. And understand in that day and time, this is back around 2,700 years ago or so, in that day and time, you were looked at as favored and blessed by God if you had a bunch of children, like the more children, the more blessed you were, and that's the way people looked at it. Well, the other wife, Peninnah, she had children. Hannah could not have children, and I want us to look at her journey today and what she went through, because she felt the same way that some of you feel or you have felt, where it seems like God isn't moving. Look at First Samuel chapter one. There's a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jehoram, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and Ephraimite. He had two wives one was called Hannah, and the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. And year after year, I, pause there. This is key. Because we read the Bible fast, we think things happen fast, right? Like You read through the book of Acts, you can read it in a couple of days, and you think, man, the book of Acts happened you know, in a year or two, and it was like 30-year span. Year after year. Don't miss that. This man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came from Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and all of her sons and daughters. But Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. That's the other wife. I'm sure as she was pregnant, she'd just walk around and kind of like, you know, stick the baby bump out a little more. Just kind of, you know, just saying little things like how great it is to be pregnant and how good it feels. But she was provoked. Don't miss that. And this went on, again, the writer says year after year. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and she could not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more than ten sons? I guess the answer is no. <laughs> but once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and do not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And she kept on praying to the Lord, and Eli the priest observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. He's like, Girl, you're at church. You don't be drinking at church. (laughs) Not so, my Lord, said Hannah. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, go in peace, and may the Lord of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. He didn't even know what what, what she wanted. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. In verse 20, again, very important. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. When we read that, that took about two minutes to read. Some of you thought it took 20. A lot of scripture for you there. And you kind of see that happen quickly. But I want you to point out, twice the writer said that year after year she went through pain and hurt. And there's times that we go through things day after day and think, God, why won't you get me out of this? Why aren't you moving? I know Hannah probably thought the same thing. And what I want you to take away today, what I want to take away today is something so important from this miraculous birth of Samuel. And it's this here. If you have your notes, write this down. It's God hears when we can't see. God hears when we can't see. See, God is not deaf when we're blind to what is happening. When we can't see you know, God moving and can't see God's work uh, happening, God hears hears us. And so many times we think that he's forgotten us, that, man, other people are being blessed, and they're getting all this stuff, and what about me? But what this passage shows us is that it reveals is that over the course of time is the way the writer chose to end that. He put in there year after year. We have a problem with that. We're not in a patient world. We're in the, the time right now for Christmas. How many of you would say that you have used Amazon one click? Y'all, we to be honest in this house. Some of y'all one-clicking on other websites just to get stuff sent to you quick, right? As quick as possible. I've got a Christmas shop for my boy, and i got to get going, y'all. I ain't got time as it used to be. You know, you, you had to take time to go and physically buy stuff. But we live in this culture of on-demand, of having to watch TV shows. You know, we get them one-click, watch a whole series. My, my son and I were watching TV the other day, and he couldn't decide what to watch on Netflix. I'm, like, sitting there, and he's just, like, going through all these cartoons. I'm, like, what about this, buddy? This looks cool. He's, like, no, no, no. I was, like, I told him, I said, dude, when I grew up, we had three stations that showed cartoons, and they showed them from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the afternoons, and the mornings, you could get them early sometimes, and then PBS had, like, the weird kids' cartoons that weren't very fun to watch. I said, but you didn't get to choose what you watch. If you want, I had to watch G.I. Joe at 4.30 30. Every day on channel eight. Like I had to stop playing, do what I was gonna do. G.I. Joe came on, and there was no watching G.I. Joe after that. We don't we don't live in that culture anymore. It's all about what I can get right now. Give it to me now. Fast. And you have to understand that when you're waiting for something and you're praying for something, you're believing God for something, there is no such thing called fast in God's vocabulary. God hears you even when you can't see what's happening. And one of the passages that I love about this, and we'll, and we'll be jumping into a series in Daniel next month, and I cannot wait for that series, is this guy named Daniel in the Old Testament. He's in a really terrible place. His country, the southern kingdom of Judah, has been exiled to Babylon. Babylon was the most wicked country on the earth. You think Russia's bad? Russia's middle school, junior varsity compared to Babylon. If you study what the Chaldeans did, the Babylonians did to people back then, it was brutal. And the Israelites were brought in as captives, and Daniel lived in that land. And Daniel sought the Lord, and Dan- Daniel wanted to know what God wanted to do with the children of Israel, what was going to happen. He, was, he lived the same time Jeremiah did, you know, and all that was going on. And he prayed, and he prayed, and then this angel shows up to him to tell him what, what happens. And in Jan- Daniel 10, I want you to read this, because this will show you the power of having to, having to wait on the Lord when you know that he hears when you can't see. Daniel 10:12. It says, then he continued, the angel did, do not be afraid, Daniel, watch this, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Now watch this. He says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom, he's speaking of spiritual warfare. This is an angel saying, I was coming to you. He says, resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, means an angel, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. We don't know all that goes on in the heavenly realm, but there is a battle in the heavenly realm. That's all I can tell you. If you think life is all that you see, there is a battle going on. He said, I was in a battle trying to bring you the answer to this prayer. Verse 14 says, Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. The angel told Daniel, From the first day that you set your heart to seek God and pray, your words were heard. From the first day. And Daniel didn't see the response. Daniel didn't see what was happening. But the angel said, God heard you even though you can't see. And I want to encourage you today, guys, that when you pray and you set your heart to seek the Lord, God hears you when you first pray. He doesn't hear you when you feel good. Like, whoo, I got some goosebumps. I bet the Lord heard me. (laughs) He heard you from the first day. Oh, man, worship was so good today, and I was praying. I really felt the Lord hurt me. No, 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 no. He heard you when you were in pain and in anguish. He heard you, amen, when you didn't feel it. He heard you when you were at your lowest. From the first day, God heard Daniel. And I don't know what you're praying for, but God, God, God heard you. You're praying like God's deaf. Hey, have you ever been around somebody that, that uh, you know, and somebody speaks a, another language, and especially Americans are really bad for this, all right? If somebody speaks another language and they don't really understand, the American goes, what I'm trying to say is, you're like, they're not deaf, they just don't speak the language. <laughs> like, they can get louder so it'll help them understand the language, right? You could speak Chinese to me as loud as you, I'd never get it. God hears you. God understands. And yes, you can continue to pray, and you should, but not so God will hear you. God heard you from the first day. But, but here's what the problem lies, and here's what happens to us as believers, and I see this so many times with people. Um, this is the number one thing I see that derails people from their faith. I've pastored many years, and I see this over and over. Most people quit when God seems quiet. Most people quit when God seems quiet. When, when most people don't get the answer they want, in the time they want, the way that they want, they don't lean into Jesus, they back off of Jesus. They stop coming to church. They stop being around the community of believers. They begin to self-medicate with alcohol or pills or porn or whatever. And they just kind of pff, separate themselves instead of leaning into Jesus. Because they think that God maybe isn't working in their, on their behalf. He hasn't heard them. He's not for them. Most people quit when God seems quiet. I want to encourage you that God is always working and moving. Just because you can't see it, he is always working. Matter of fact, so like um, my son learned the, the power of Etsy. And we've got the Etsy app. Any Etsy users in the house, right? Okay. All, all the ladies raise their hand and then uh, there's one dad here who's on Etsy with his son. So um, he wanted a, a Lego Republic gunship from Star Wars, right? And so I go look it up. That son of a gun is $500. I'm like, look, bro, we got to find Mego or something. You ain't getting Legos. (laughs) We got to find an off brand. And don't don't think I haven't done that before, right? With something. And so I researched and researched and I found a Republic Lego gunship for $138. I was like, look at. I just, it was overseas in some country I never I couldn't pronounce, but I was like, hey, it'll get here eventually, right? So we get on there, I order it, I'm like, man, this is awesome. And then, like, it took forever. And we're tracking every day on the app, and it's showing where it's at. And then one day, I'll never forget, so it's like July 21st, it's just staying at one place saying delivered to current location, ready for next transit. So they'll get it. I mean, it's, you know, we're having supply chain backups or whatever you know, excuses are now, we'll get it. And, The next week went, the next week went, and nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, man. But here's what he did every day after school. I'm waiting because I know what he's going to ask me. Hey, where's my Lego Republic gunship? I don't know. And so what I try to do is not bring up the issue to him, (laughs) distract him from something else. But he continues every day to ask me. Every day he wants me to, to look into it. And there's a reason that my son would do that because he trusts me. And even though there's no movement on an app, even though nothing's happening, he just figures if he goes to his dad and he talks to his dad enough that dad is going to make something happen, right? And I think we have to have the same mindset that when we're going through a season where nothing's happening, we're not getting healed, we're not seeing the progress, we have to keep going to our Heavenly Father, understanding that He loves us enough to work on our behalf. And so what do you do? You have to do this here. When it comes to prayer, pray believing that he will do it, not just he can do it. My son just had this mentality that my dad will get it done. Let me go to him. He'll find a way. And many of us just kind of pray like, well, God, like we we think of God as the the, the nice older grandfather who was probably really good back in his prime. He's not very strong anymore. He's powerless. He's sweet. He loves you, but he, he ain't going to knock anybody out. And we think of God that way. And that's not who God is. God, We have to believe that God will do it, that God will work on our behalf, that God will move on our behalf. We have to have that mindset when it comes to prayer and it comes to trusting our heavenly Father. And in Hebrews eleven six, one of my favorite verses, one of the first ones I ever memorized, it's this here. The writer of Hebrews in this Hall of Faith chapter says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, just trusting your Father because, and this is important, anyone who comes to Him must believe, watch this, He exists, I'm going to explain that, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now in the Greek, whatever translation you have, it's, it's going to have different things. In the Greek, that part says believe that He exists. That's not what that really means. Like demons believe God exists, but you know, it's at least they tremble, right? I mean, so demons believe in God. Believing in God, it, there's nothing to that. The Greek word there is they must, anyone that comes to Him must believe that He be. That's what it says in Greek He be. He be what? Anyone that comes to God must believe that He be. Terrible, terrible English, right? Well, the writer is conveying there something. That was very key to Jewish believers because the way that God introduced himself to Moses was, I am. I am. There is no start. There is no end. I am the Alpha, the Omega. I am the uncaused cause. I am the Eternal One. I am not a higher power. I'm the highest power. I am in total control. You must believe that he be. You must believe when you come to God that he is the great I am. Amen? It's not just believing God exists, but believing that your father is not some weak person sitting on a throne hoping that something good will happen, but he is all-powerful, that every, every knee must confess and bow to the name of Jesus. You must believe that. And when you believe that and you seek God, you got to believe that when you do that, that God will reward you. Now, here's what you have to understand with with Hannah and understand with us, too, when it comes to praying like that. So what does it mean to pray God believing He will do it? Number one, you got to do this. Pray when you're hurting. Pray when hurting. Many times when we hurt, we don't pray. We we, we vomit on Facebook, right? We go and just tell everybody everything. And and, and we go to all these other sources instead of praying, putting worship music on, sitting before our Father, He wants to know how bad it hurts. He wants to know how bad you feel. He cares. Pray when you're hurting. Hannah prayed when she was hurting. The scriptures say that she wept bitterly to the point that Eli thought she was drunk. Now, that's some serious prayer stuff, right? Like, you know, it's like my son is talking about when when he cries. He's like, why is it when you cry you go, he's like, well, what is that even, like, like, why do we do that? I was like, I don't know what that's even called, bud. That's called weeping bitterly there, right? And that's what Hannah was doing. She was hurting. And when you're praying, believing God will do it, bring your hurt to Him. He wants to know that. Stop hiding it. Stop pushing it down. Stop trying to be strong. Bring that to Him. The second thing that you have to do is pray in expectation. You must believe that He be, right? And He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hannah prayed expecting and when Eli spoke a blessing on her, the, the priest, the Jewish priest, she fully received it, expecting God to do something with that blessing. Immediately it says her face was changed, the downcast part, feeling bad, her countenance changed, and she was ready to eat again and ready to pray in expectation, believing God will move on your behalf. That God is already working even though you can He hears when you can't see. And then finally it's this, pray with patience. Over the course of time, is the way this verse ended, year after year, Hannah had to be provoked. She was treated badly by someone, mocked, ridiculed, and then God eventually answered her prayer. Pray with patience. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Matter of fact, write a prayer list down and pray that list every day to the Lord. Now, here's the thing you have to understand, though. God is not tied to the outcome that you want Eli didn't know what she wanted and what we do many times is we pray wanting God to give a certain outcome and I've said this before but we have agendas we bring God like he's Santa Claus this is what I want for Christmas God it doesn't happen the way that you always want it to play out my son with that Lego gunship can I tell you he never got the Lego gunship (laughs) You're probably wondering what happened. He never got it. It got lost in transit. The guy that had it was arguing with me about it and how it's not his fault. And so I went to Etsy and I filed a complaint and it took a lot of work, but I got my money back. And my son got to go shopping with that money. Another day I reminded him about that. I said, Remember, like you thought it was bad you didn't get a gunship? I said, but Look, all the cool stuff you got. He's like, Yeah. He got this really cool sniper rifle that hurts really bad that he shoots me with. <laughs> He got another little leg. I mean, he just got to go rack up because he didn't have the gunship. He didn't get the answer he wanted. But the moment he came to me and said, I, I, that will you please help with this? I gladly helped him with that. And I want to encourage you today. I, I don't know what you're facing, what you're going through, but your heavenly father, he, he hears you. He's working on your behalf right now. And things may get worse before they get better. I don't know. But I do know this that you will have a testimony of the faithfulness and the goodness of God no matter what you're going through. If you'll believe that he be, believe that he be the great I am. Seek him. Go after him. And I promise you, you will have a testimony of the faithfulness of God. Let's pray this morning together. Father, I ask this morning, I, I don't know, Father, what people are going through in here. But I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to each person's heart, that you would fill them with courage to believe, Lord, that you care enough to work on them. God, I pray every lie they have about you, that you're too busy, that maybe you're not powerful enough, that you don't care. Whatever lie that they have believed, dispel those lies, and I pray that they would run to your arms, a loving, heavenly Father to be embraced by you. And Father, we thank you that you hear us from the first time we utter the prayer. Thank you, God. Help us to have that courage as we come to you and we trust you in the trials of our lives. We love you, Jesus. As we're praying in here today, church, maybe your next step in your faith journey is giving your life to Christ. Or maybe you walked away from your faith you thought god was mad with you and god was displeased with you and god was upset with you god loves you he is not mad with you he's not upset with you he doesn't view you as a failure he is has open arms waiting for you he loves you more than you love yourself i don't know who you are in here today or if you're watching online whether you've never given your life to christ you walked away from your faith and you said it's time today is the day i'm all in for jesus i'm done with the games i'm coming back to my father that's you in here today i want you to pray this prayer after me right where you're sitting this is your day right now pray this prayer after me you say god i admit that i'm a sinner i admit i don't have it all together i admit i need the savior I need Jesus today I confess Jesus as my Lord I repent and turn away from my old life and I receive new life in Christ for I believe that Jesus died on the cross I believe he rose again on the third day and today I believe that he has forgiven me of all my sins. It's in Jesus' good name that I pray. Amen. Would you put your hands together for everybody who made that decision today? It's amazing when God does this every week.